0: you ever wondered why God has left you here? You say, Pastor Jeff, that's a weird question. No, let me tell you something. The Bible says that your very next breath is in the hands of God. So God's left us here. Why hadn't he raptured the church yet? He's left us here. So why in the world has God left us in this uh, sin-infested, devil-infected, reprobate, adulterous culture? Why has he left us here? Because we're here now. God's left us here. He hadn't taken us home yet. And so I want to answer that question because I believe the Bible tells us exactly why God has left you and me here. Have you ever wondered, Lord, why haven't you come yet? How many of you prayed today, I wish the Lord would come? How many of you going down I-35 said, Lord, please come? (laughs) Amen? Uh, Cindy said that today, going down I-35. But anyway... Um, the Bible says that God has left us here for a reason, and I'm going to read to you the reason. And I'm going to talk to you about good works. Good works. Now, we hear that and we go, well, I know all about good works. Good works can't get you to heaven. Yeah, that's, that's one part of good works, but good works are incredibly good. And I'm going to show you why he's left us here. I'm going to read one verse, Ephesians 2, verse 10. And let's read this verse. Now, I want you to look at what the Holy Spirit moved Paul to write. This is very important. We are God's handiwork right now. God's working on you right now. You're not going to be at the end of today what you were at the end of yesterday. Because God's working on you right now. Amen? Now, it goes on. He created us in Christ Jesus, watch carefully, to do good works. We have been born again, saved, not just for heaven, but to do good works. Now, he puts something in the end of the verse that is a mind-blower, which God prepared in advance. That means before the world began. God prepared good works for you and I to walk in, to do. He prepared us to walk in good works before the world began so god had a plan for you and me before the world began that we would walk in good works so why are we still here to do and the rapture is going to come someday and when the rapture happens the good works are done as far as on earth but until he comes we are left here to do good works i'm going to show you what good good works are i'm going to show you what bad works are and I'm going to talk to you about the reward of good works. So let's pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for the word of the living God given to us by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just thank you right now that you're going to speak to us. I pray the word penetrates every heart. And I pray that, Lord, it brings about motivation, fresh vision, fresh fire to get involved in good works, the work of the Lord. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, good works. Good works. And you can be seated. Thank you so much. Now, um, the Bible tells us here that the byproduct of salvation is not just I'm going to heaven. You know, we tend to think when somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm saved. The first thing we think is they're going to heaven. Well, that's true. You are going to heaven if you're saved. But that was not God's only reason for saving you and me. He didn't just save us to get us into heaven, though that was number one. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So he did indeed come to save us, to get us into heaven. But there is a a time gap between when we're saved and when we go to heaven. And it's our time here on earth. And so why did he save us? Paul tells us right here, not just for heaven, but that we would be involved in good works That God prepared for us to walk in before time began. I can't wrap my mind around that. But before there were birds, stars, water, people, animals, anything, light, anything, God had a plan. And his plan was to redeem us in Jesus Christ. And before we go to heaven, that we would be involved, that this is part, this is part of God's plan, the mystery of God's plan, that we would be involved as his redeemed people in good works that he planned before time began. Now that's an amazing fact. So God's hand is on you and God's hand is on me to do good works before he comes again. And only when your body stops and when you die, do you, do you, Stop or cease the good works that God has called you to do on earth. But until then, whatever you're going to do for Jesus, do it now. Be involved in good works. Now, the Message Bible puts it this way, just so I can kind of give you another angle here. Listen to this. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus. That means born again. That's talking about being born again. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's what it's talking about. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. So here's the bottom line. God didn't save us to sit, soak, and sour in a pew. Amen? God didn't save us just to sit, soak, and sour, sit around, do nothing, and wait for the rapture to come again. No, God saved us And he gifted every Christian, according to the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul, God has gifted every Christian with a spiritual gift. And we are called to do good works as long as we're on earth. Now, let me just take it down real simple and tell you uh, what a couple of words mean. Now, when he says the word works, when the Bible uses the word works regarding Christians, it's talking about this. What you did with the time and the gifting God gave you while you were alive on earth. That's a work. What you did with your life. That's the work. All right? What what did you expend energy on? What did you spend your life on? What did you spend your life doing? Um, How did you spend your life? Was it spent on you? Was it spent on others? Was it spent on God? Were you rich toward God? Were you rich toward yourself and not towards God? Uh, How did you spend your life? I've often used this illustration, but there's not a better one that I know of. If I gave you a dollar bill and I said to you, here's a dollar bill. It's a gift from me. You can have it. Go spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. You can't spend it twice. It's gone. As soon as you spend it, it's gone. I gave you a gift, and you spent it. You can spend it on junk, or you can spend it on something good, but you can only spend it once. It's your decision, and your life is that way. God has given us a life. You got up today because God gave you a life. You're here today because God allowed you to remain alive, and and what is he saying? He's saying, now, I gave you a life. You can spend it any way you want. Spend it on yourself, spend it on others, spend it on God, spend it on the devil, spend it on sin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. You're not coming back as something else. The Bible says it's given unto a man, it's given unto a woman to die only one time, and after that, the judgment. So we have one life to live as the world turns. Sorry, I just went into that mode. Though you feel young and restless and you're still raising all your children, you have one life to live. Amen? You have one life to live. Everybody say one life. And it's short. Now, I don't care if you're 20 or 80. Uh, If you're 80, I'll tell you one thing you would say to anybody that asked you. I can't believe how fast time went by, how fast my life went by. You have one life. It's God's gift. God gave you the gift. He gave you the breath you're breathing today. He gave you, gave you the strength to get out of bed, and he gave you the strength to get here. You have one life, and you can spend it only one time. So that's the works. That's what it means when it talks about works. How did you spend your life? How did you spend it? In one of his parables, Jesus uh, talked about a rich man who spent everything on himself. It was all about him. He was a very successful farmer. He had huge granaries where he put all the grain he harvested. But one day he realized there's no more room in my granaries to put any more grain. I have been blessed abundantly. And it says he built more granaries for himself. Bigger ones to hold more grain. And not one time did he think about doing anything for others or anything for God. And Jesus called him a fool. He said, because tonight, your soul is going to be required of you. Tonight, you're going to meet your maker. And he's going to say, how did you spend your life? What did you do with your life? Did you spend it on God? Did you spend it on others? Spend it on yourself? Spend it on sin? Party and hardy all the time? How did you spend your life? The life I gave you. And Jesus called him a fool. Jesus called the rich man a fool. And Jesus said, you should have been rich toward God. So there is a way that we can be rich toward God. How do we do that? By good works. And I'm going to show you that. So good works are a way by which we honor God, bless God, and and live our lives out while we're on this earth. He's called us to live in good works. Now, let me tell you what a good work is. There's two kinds of works, good works and bad works. How you spend the energy, how you spend your life, you can spend it on good works Or you can spend it on what the Bible calls bad works. Now let me define a good work for you. Here it is. Good works are things we do for the glory of God, in obedience to God, to demonstrate the love of God in tangible ways people can see. Let me do that again. Here's a good work. You want to do a good work? Here's what it'll look like. We do a good work for the glory of God. In obedience to God... To manifest the love of God in tangible ways people can see. I want you to say it with me. A good work is done for the glory of God. Not for the glory of us, glory of God. Glory of God in obedience to God. To demonstrate the love of God in tangible ways. Now that's a good work. Now the Bible told us in Ephesians 2.10 that God had those kinds of good works. For you and i to do he had them planned out before time began that we would do things for the glory of god in obedience to god to demonstrate the love of god in tangible ways he had those kinds of works plotted and planned out for us before time began they're done for the glory of god not for our glory they're done so that people will look up not look at us Good works are done so that so that we can give God praise, not us praise. When we do a good work, it's not so we can get an attaboy from people or get attention from people. But no, a biblical good work is when you do a good work for somebody else that points up to God. Let me give you an example. When a UPS man delivers a package to your door, all right? He rings the doorbell. You look out there. The guy's usually walking away, and there's a package on the front porch. He's getting into that big olive green truck, and you go, all right. There's a package. Now, you open the door, and you pick up the package, and here's what you don't think. You don't think that whatever it is, it came from the delivery man. No, he didn't bring it to you. He didn't give it to you. He's just the delivery man. It's not from him. He's delivering it on behalf of someone else. So what do you do? You look in the upper left-hand corner to the return address. I want to know who sent me this package. Auntie Sue, Grandma, Lee, whoever. You want to know who sent you the package. You want to know where it came from. Because the the thanksgiving goes to them, not to the one who delivered it. They're just doing their job. Now, folks, when you and I do a good deed, a good work for somebody, there ought to be a return address on it. And the return address ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ, and it came from heaven. I did this in the name of the Lord. Amen? Come on, everybody. I did this in the name of the Lord, so that when you do a good work, somehow or another you get it in there that, hey, you know what? The Lord blessed me, and I'm blessing you, and that's why I did this for you, because the Lord has blessed me. I I was recently um, in a store, and I was in a checkout line, and in, in front of me, I noticed a woman who... Was literally counting change to see if she had enough to pay for what she needed, and and it was kind of embarrassing. Uh, Things got real quiet, and people were kind of looking around, you know, fidgeting a little bit because nobody knew what to do. Because she was kind of short, she wasn't dressed real well at all. She had a couple of kids in in her cart that she's lugging around, and they're you know pitching a fit and giving her a problem, and and I could see there's no ring on her finger, and so she's a single mom and she's really struggling, and. So I noticed she's, she's, she's literally counting out change, not dollars, but change to see if she can pay for what she had. And she came up short and it was very embarrassing and she didn't know what to do. And well, I don't have enough. And I just thought, well, I do. So I said, I'll do it. I'll cover it. Well, the checker looked at me like I was a, a Martian from another planet. I guess because that did not happen much. But I said, I'll cover it. That's okay. And the girl, the woman said, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, no, no, I I want to. That's fine. It's no big deal. And and I slapped down the money and and I paid for it and she went her way. Now, that's good work. Now, listen, I kicked myself all the way home. You know why? Because I didn't put a return address on it. I didn't say the Lord's been good to me, so I want to be good to you. No, it was just kind of a compulsive thing, and I paid for it real quick, and she went, and, and, and sort of the attention came on to me, but that's not what a good work is about. A good work is not to bring attention to you and to me. A good work is to bring attention to God, and so I should have said, and I wish I had said, uh, the Lord's been so good to me, I just want to bless you, but I didn't do it, and I kicked myself all the way home. I said, that was a half a good work. Because a real, full, biblical good work is when you attach a return address and say, "Uh, hey, the reason I'm doing this is because of Jesus Christ in my life. He has set me free. He has blessed me, so I'm blessing you. That's a good work. Amen? So everybody say, a good work will have a return address on it. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Now, Jesus actually taught this. Watch this. He said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, let your light so shine before men How can we let our lights shine before men by sharing the gospel all the time? Well, that's one way. But look what Jesus said, that they may see your good works. And look at this, look at the result, glorify your Father who is in heaven. Well, the only way they're going to glorify the Father in heaven is if you put a return address on the good work. You say, I did this because of Jesus. And that makes people, when they see the good work, they look up and they glorify God because they realize this person did this for me, unto me, because God did something for them and it causes them to look up. Listen, folks, sometimes a good work will talk way louder than words. Sometimes a good work is really the best way to reach somebody. When you just do, it doesn't have to be something major. It doesn't have to be, I got an angelic visitation from heaven telling me to go do this and that or the other. No, it's going next door to your neighbor and just giving them something they might need. It, it's seeing a need and meeting it. Paul told Titus, he said, here's what a good work is, is when you meet urgent needs. It's just being a, a, a need detector and meeting the need In the name of Jesus. That's a good work. You're to do that. Something about a good work releases the power of God onto the situation. And it makes somebody look up and praise him. Listen to what Peter said. He said, having your conduct honorable. Conduct means your lifestyle, the way you do life. In front of people. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works that they observe glorify god in the day of visitation now here's people that are persecuting you and you do a good work towards them and it turns the tide. it turns the table it changes their opinion it changes the equilibrium or it brings equilibrium it brings a testimony a witness to that situation you can turn it by doing a good work that's why jesus said bless those that curse you do good to those that hate you Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the children of your Father who is in heaven because He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good and He sends His rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love only those who love you back, what have you done? Don't the lost do the same? But when you do a good work, they observe, they glorify the Father who is in heaven. So there is power in good works. Good works are great witnessing tools. Amen. Just doing something good, something practical. And I'm going to tell you, God wants all of us involved in good works because He's planned for us to do things that bring glory to Him in obedience to Him, that testify of His love in practical ways people can see. Amen. Now, there's good works, there's bad works, and we know what bad works are because we all did them before we were saved. The Bible calls bad works the unfruitful works of darkness. And see, we were all involved in that before we were saved. We were all involved in unfruitful works, bad works, wicked works, evil works of sin, uh, of darkness before we were saved. Before salvation, we all lived our lives that way. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. We did it quite well, thank you. We knew exactly how to sin, how to cuss, how to hurt other people, how to, how to live in things that were wrong. We knew how to do it. We knew how to do it. And those are bad works. And, and before salvation, that's what we lived in. But what God wants us to understand is now that we're redeemed, He wants us to know that He has delivered us from doing bad works so that we could go into doing good works Because now we've left the kingdom of darkness, and we're living in the kingdom of God's dear Son. We no longer have the devil as our ruler. We've got Christ as our ruler. We're no longer dead. We're alive. We're no longer hell bound. We're heaven bound. We're no longer blind. We have sight. And so now that you have been born again, you're no longer living to do bad works, but you're to live to do good works. Amen. Colossians 121 says, you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by, watch this, wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled. So living a sinful lifestyle is wicked works. But there's another kind of bad or unfruitful work, and I've already mentioned it, but it's when you do something to be seen by men. It's when you do something to get the kudos of people. You do something so that people look at you and say, Aren't you something else? Man, I'll tell you what, you are such an incredible person. I've never known anybody quite like you. Is there anybody like this? There is none like you. <laughs> and do you know that there are philanthropists who give millions of dollars all over the United States and the world each and every year? To different causes and one of the reasons they do it is so that they can gain the kudos of people did you know that jesus one time asked a crowd that was sitting listening to him he said why do you seek the praise of men why are you living to get the praise of people don't you know they'll praise you one day and curse you the next day don't you know that the praise of people comes and goes you ought to be living for an audience of one not an audience of people you ought to be doing what you do as unto the lord and not unto men You ought to be living for him, dying for him, walking with him, giving your life, spending your life on him, being rich toward him. I live for an audience of one. I get up every day and I say, Lord, help me to honor you today. Help me to walk with you today. Help me to bless you and do your will today. As a matter of fact, Lord, today I pray, let your kingdom come into my life, and may your will be done in my life, because I don't care about the kudos of people, but I do care about the kudos of heaven. I want to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And Jesus said, you can't live for the praise of men and and live for God. You can't do it. It won't work. If you're going for the praise of men, you will never do the will of God because men will always persecute you, shoot at you, criticize you, make fun of you if you live for God. If you're going to please men, you can't please God. If you're going to please God, you can't please men. You got to make up your mind who you're going to please and who you're going to live for. Paul said, as for me, uh, to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's all about Jesus. It's not about people. It's all about Jesus. And if you and I want to break the finish line successfully, having fought a good fight, having finished our course, and having kept the faith, then we got to make up our minds, I'm living for the praise of God and not for the praise of men. So that's not a good work. It's an unfruitful work if you do works to be seen of men. But there's another bad unfruitful work, and that is when you think... That doing good works can get you into heaven. Please follow me on this one. I'm amazed that this truth is being lost on the church today. You don't hear messages like this. You hear any old way will do. Any old way to heaven will do. God sees your heart. God knows your uh, intent. And so if you want to get there by Buddha, get there by hugging a tree, get there by just being a good person, God knows. God sees. And and we got to get down to this. No, 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 there is no way doing anything good will get you and I into heaven. No way. A bad, unfruitful work is one where you say, I'm going to do something to earn my way. I'm going to merit my way uh, to get into heaven. I'm going to earn my way. Listen, your looks, your pedigree, your education, how much money you have, how charismatic your personality is, how good a citizen you might be. I don't ever get a ticket. I don't ever drink, smoke or chew or run with the boys that do. I'm a good upstanding citizen. Surely I'll get into heaven. And the message of the Bible is no. Good works, and we're going to talk about the good part of them in a minute, but good works cannot, will never get you and I into heaven. There's nothing we can do that will get us into heaven. Not anything. Good works can't save you. Now, no matter how many times we hear that, something inside of us says, I just, there's something in me I just can't believe that's true because I was raised on the merit system. If you're a good boy, um, then then you're going to have the smile of your parents and we're going we're to give you some toys and we're, we're going to do this and that for you if you're a good boy. But if you do bad, you're going to get a spanking. If you do a good job at work, you're going to get a raise. If you don't do a good job, you're going to get fired everything in life is on a merit system except salvation salvation is not on a merit system salvation listen we will never be saved we cannot merit heaven by our behavior there's no way we can behave no way we can act no way we can do life that will get us into heaven No, heaven, listen, Christianity is not based on a merit system. It's not grace plus your works. It's not grace plus your goodness. It's not grace plus your obedience. No, it's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Well, what brought me from blind to sight and lost to found? Not my works. I can't merit it. No, it was by the sheer grace of God. I've done funerals. I've I've, I've performed, overseen a lot of funerals in my pastoral career. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, well, he was a good person. She was a good person. So surely they're going to heaven. And inside of me, I cringe because they're saying because they were a good person in my estimation, they're going to go to heaven. But see, the way we view good and the way God views good are two totally different things. We've got to get this in our head. The Bible says no one is good. How's that? Everybody say no one. In the Greek, that means no one. No one is good. Listen to this. No one in all the world is innocent. No one, this is Romans 3, 10 through 12, no one has ever really followed God's path, or ever truly wanted to. Everyone has turned away. All have gone wrong. No one anywhere has kept on doing what is right. Not one. Listen to this now. No one, no one, everyone, all, no one, not one. Sounds like no one to me. No one on earth has done right. Has, has kept God's laws perfectly. No, nobody, nobody but Jesus Christ. He's the only human being that ever walked the planet that perfectly kept the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments. He did not break one commandment. He lived a totally righteous life. He was sinless, not sinful. And that's why he could die for us on the cross for our sins. Because he knew no sin. He had no sin. He was sinless. He was perfect. So he was the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. But the Bible tells us right here that we can't merit our salvation. Our view of good, God's view of good, totally different things. Galatians says the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. See, Real salvation is all of him and none of me. It's all grace and none of me. He doesn't give 95% and I give 5%. He doesn't do 90% and I do 10%. No, salvation, real salvation, when you're going to heaven and you're going to enjoy heaven forever and you're, you're going to face God without any condemnation at all. That salvation is only gotten by turning to Jesus Christ and saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And when you say that, you are washed in the blood of the lamb and his righteousness is put on you and your sin was put on him on the cross. And that's the only way we're saved. Good works will never save us. (laughs) Amen. Are you glad for that? So I'm letting him do all the work when it comes to my salvation. He saved us, Titus says, not because of the righteous things we had done, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Listen to Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by good works. So that no one can boast and say, well, Jesus did most of it, but I did some of it. No, Jesus did all of it, and we did none of it. Amen? He did all of it. Religion is do, do, do. Christianity is done, done, done. It's done by Him. Amen? So good works can't save us, but good works do show that you are saved. Good works do show that you are saved. Listen to James. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without good works is dead? Listen to this from the Amplified. Someone may say, you claim to have faith and I have good works. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith. Listen to this. I'll show you my genuine faith by my good works. That is, by what I do. If you have saving faith, You have faith that is also going to manifest itself in good works. Good works can't save you, but they do testify and validate that you have been saved because you've been delivered from darkness into his marvelous light and from bad works to good works. Every born-again child of God is called to join Jesus' hand, take Jesus' hand and join him in his good works. What was a day in the life like of Jesus Christ? What was a day in the life like, a day in his life? Well, we know because the Bible tells us. You no doubt know that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what did he do? Having been anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. If you got up with Jesus any given day and followed him around, no matter what town he was in, here's what you would see him doing. Helping the downtrodden, helping people in urgent need, healing the sick, raising the dead, opening blind eyes, encouraging people who felt like life was over, like the woman at the well. Jesus went everywhere doing good, Uh, small things, big things, in between things, but everywhere he went. He left a trail of good works behind him. That's, That's what Jesus did. That's how he lived his life he got up every day and said, how can I bless somebody? How can I help somebody? How can I touch somebody? That was Jesus. He got up one day and said, I believe I'll bless Joe, Sue, Bill, Jane, you, me. And how many times in any given day does Jesus do things for us that we didn't deserve? Amen. So. We are to get up every day and join hands with Jesus in doing good works, doing something to the glory of the Father in obedience to the Father, uh, to manifest the love of the Father in ways that can be seen. Paul commanded church leadership, watch this, you yourself must be an example to them, that is the church, by doing good works. He says to leaders, we should be always doing good works of every kind. In another place, he said, good works are meeting urgent needs. In Christmas time, we sent 4,500 pairs of shoes to children that didn't have any. And we didn't do it in the name of Turning Point. We didn't do it in the name of Jeff, thank God. We did it in the name of Jesus. And so 4,500. Uh, pairs of shoes, 4,500 children put on shoes that they knew came from Turning Point Church, and Turning Point Church walks with Jesus Christ. So there was a return address on those shoes, and it wasn't Jeff, it wasn't Turning Point, it was Jesus Christ moved on Turning Point to send these shoes to you. And that was a good work. He taught God's people that Jesus watch this now, gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, that's a bad work, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, on fire to do good works. What can I do to bless somebody today? I've got a fire to do it. I'm on fire to do it. Uh, Listen, you want to know how to beat depression, how to beat the blues, how to beat the blases? You know how to do it? do something good for somebody. Call somebody and say, hey, I just want to call you and encourage you. Anything I can pray with you about, that's a good work because the, the return address is Jesus told me to call you. Uh, just go up to somebody in church. We're supposed to be encouraging each other in church. That's why we're here. You ought to go up to somebody and say, Lord, give me a target today, somebody I can go up to and bless because that's a good work. I wasn't saved and walking with God six months before the Lord had me plugged into doing all kinds of good works. Because good works are part of the Christian life. We're not called to sit, soaking sour in some congregation in some sanctuary. No, we're called to get out there and do good works in the name of the Lord because God owns them and it causes people to look up and give glory to God. Amen. Paul said you better always be abounding in the work of the Lord, not doing a little bit here and there and doing your part for the year but always abounding, always abounding in the good works of the Lord. Not only do good works bless others and point to the Savior, but listen carefully, and I'm closing with this. Good works perfect and mature your faith. There's something about good works that cause your faith to grow from here to here, that actually mature your faith. How many of you have said, Lord, please, please strengthen my faith? You want to know one way to do it? Get involved in a good work. Get out and bless somebody in the name of the Lord. Teach, preach, minister, pray, do practical things, whatever it is. Just be sure the return address is on it. And do it in the name of the Lord, to the glory of the Lord, in obedience to God, to manifest the love of God. James said of Abraham, catch this. But are you willing to recognize you foolish, spiritually shallow person? I'm reading out of the Amplified. This is not Jeff. That faith without good works is useless. Do you see that up there with me? Faith without good works is useless. We can say faith is a verb. It always moves you to action. Was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar as a sacrifice to God? You see that his faith was working together with his works. I'm going to read that again. His faith was working together with his works. And as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching its maturity. How did he get his faith mature? By works. By good works. They don't save you, but they testify that you are saved. And they are beneficial not only to the recipients, but to you. They strengthen your faith. Amen. Good works. Everybody say good works. To the glory of God. In obedience to God. Showing the love of God. In practical ways. That's a good work. Now, I close with this. Good works follow us to heaven. Oh, catch this. Good works follow us to heaven. Yeah. Remember when Jesus said... Store not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Store not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Let me tell you why. Because moths are going to eat them, and thieves are going to break through and steal them. In other words, they're transient. They come, they go. Cindy and I are moving. You know, we're moving to Burleson. And so we had to clean out, uh, well, me especially, I had to clean out my closet that I've been in for 28 years. There was things in there. Okay, clothes that you couldn't pay me to wear today. There were, I mean, this 28 years of accumulation, there was all kinds of stuff in there. And things that when I got them, I thought they were it. I mean, okay, I wear this, I got it going on. But now, uh uh-uh. uh. But some of them were still wearable until I opened them up or got them out of the closet. And look, full of holes. You talk about holy clothes. And you know what had happened? Moths had gotten into the closet and done just what Jesus said. These beautiful, these sweaters and these different things, coats, th- these moths had gotten in and I didn't even know about it and chewed away and ruined and destroyed them. Jesus, that's what happens to earthly treasure. Somebody came up to me after the first service and said, what size do you wear? And they, they grabbed the back of my sweater and said, if you, if you find any that aren't holy, I'll take them said, hey, you've got it, but here's the deal. Jesus said, no, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal because where your treasures, there, where your heart be also. Now, how in the world do you store up treasures in heaven? Good works. Good works done to the glory of God in obedience to God to show the love of God in practical ways. When you do good works, Jesus said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Well, what was the, faith, the little bit they were faithful over? Good works. Good works. Can you stand with me? When I was a, a young man uh, starting out in ministry, oh, you talk about fire and zeal. Oh, my. I was... Ablaze with zeal. And I just, uh, I was just convinced that I was going to go take the world. And all, I, I mean, I thought, ate, slept, talked, thought, envisioned, planned, plotted ministry. And I was in college. In my, bachelor, for the bachelor's degree. And long story short, I got out about halfway through and I thought, this is a waste of time. I need to go take the world. Jesus is coming soon. Right? Well, I was in a church that was exploding with the move of God. I mean, it went from 800 people to 4,000 people in one year. It's in the Jesus movement of the 70s. They had to move out of a building into an arena, and I was in the middle of it, and I wanted to be on staff so bad, I just thought, man, how do they not see me? You ever felt that way? Come on, I'm just being honest. I thought a lot of myself. Now, I know I'm nothing apart from him. How do they not see me? Hey, I I can preach a little bit. I, I really have the fire of the Lord on me, Please. And the pastor called me in one day after I put in an official request because I, I was the college and career pastor. And I had hundreds of college and career, what we call young adults. I had hundreds of them. And I thought, gosh, I've, I've built this thing up. Surely they'll want me on as the young adults pastor. But the pastor brought me in. He said, Jeff, what's going on with your school? And I said, well, I got out. It was a waste of time. He said, no. He said, here's the deal. I want you to go back to school and I'm not even going to look at you to hire you until you go back. And my first reaction was, well, you're just not in the spirit. You're just not hearing God. You you don't see what's sitting here in front of you. Okay. He said, but here's what I'm going to do. He said, if you tell one soul, I'll stop but I'm going to pay your way. I said, how? He said, I'm going to write you a check. Every semester, you bring me the cost of the classes and the books, and I'm going to write you a check. And if you tell anybody, it stops. This is the senior pastor. Talk about feeling forced back to college. But you know what? He did it. I went to him with a 15-hour load and the books that went with it, and he wrote a check, and he wrote a check, and he wrote a check. He did a good work because no one knew about it. I couldn't tell anybody or I'd lose it. So he financed my way through my bachelor's degree. And you know what it was? It was to the glory of God because he didn't want me to tell anybody. He didn't want the glory... He wanted Christ. He said, the Lord told me that you need to finish school. So it was to the glory of God, in obedience to God, showing the love of God to a young man struggling to get in the game. Okay? That's a good work. And I wrote him later. I've had a lot of people like this in my life. I wrote him later. And I said, Pastor blah, blah. He's still around. Thank you so much for what you did for me. Because I went from the bachelor's to a master's to a doctorate, but I would have never gotten to the master's if he had brought me in his office and say, I can't hire you because God told me you're supposed to finish school. A good work. And see, you can do a good work today. You can take some water and give it to some people. Please do that good work for us and take it off our hands. And, and go give it away. Because you can gain some points there. and say, here's a return address. The Lord has blessed our church, so we give this to you in Jesus' name. Can we lift our hands? Jesus, thank you for your goodness today. Thank you, Lord, that you have destined us from before time began to walk in good works. And so, Lord, since you've commissioned us to do them, help us to do them. Use our gift and use our time and use our life to be rich toward God. Can you just pray with me right now and say, Lord, open doors for me to do good works. Make me sensitive to the nudge of your spirit to help that person, this person, In some simple practical way. In the name of Jesus. Amen.